Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Prove that it's me. That's what I have to say. After my Ooh. ghost comment yesterday, maybe maybe it's not me. Maybe it's somebody else. I don't like this. You're freaking me out, man. I don't like this. You're starting to scare me with this whole, you might be a ghost. I've never seen you in person. I so. I'm not a real person. Think about that. You, you could be an AI. You could be a ghost. Um, I could be doing these podcasts in a vacuum. The whole world could be the Matrix. Who knows where this is going? Did you ever think that maybe I'm just a figment of your imagination like Fight Club? Oh, I, I didn't. Maybe I'm really good. Maybe people don't know this. Maybe I've developed two. Maybe you've developed two distinct personalities. And two Twitter accounts. And this is really just a podcast by one person. All I'll say is that dude in Fight Club's first name was Tyler, too. So, I mean. Hmm. And I um, look exactly like Brad Pitt. So, we. Ed coincidence? Norton's the crazy guy, Mike. Come on now. I look exactly like Ed Norton. <laughs> if he was 5'6 and had a beard and didn't look like Ed Norton at all. Um, Ed Norton's not that tall, I don't think. I think he might be like five six. It's, it's super, it's super misleading. Those actors, like Tom Cruise, is like five five. Uh, no, Ed Norton's six know. foot. He's he's got you. He's a big dude. Is Brad? How big is Brad Pitt? <laughs> We're just gonna list the listing of random the, actors. Yeah. So if you can't tell, it's a weird week here in the Brad NBA. Five eleven. Oh, okay. That's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good height balance there. And he he currently has a nice mustache going. So I was uh, I was saying, you know, if you didn't notice, this is a very weird week for uh, fantasy basketball. There's only one game this evening. There are no games on Thursday, and there are a billion games tomorrow and Wednesday. And um, we're instead going to talk about the heights of different actors that are in movies we've seen. So we'll get ready for the next hour of that. Um, actually, I have a better idea, Tyler. Since we're actually sponsored by Draft.com, a daily fantasy basketball site, daily fantasy just sports site where you can bet, do a draft on football. Well, football's not every day, but football, basketball, and uh, hockey. And I think golf as well. Um, super easy to use. You can deposit and withdraw via PayPal. And if you use the promo code BOXES, you can get a free entry to your first game. And I actually think they're running a little Thanksgiving special. So if you go, you might get a two-for-one if you deposit now and you deposit a, a certain amount and uh, you use the promo code BOXES, you could get you know a couple of free games out of that deal. So that's a, that's a pretty good one. They they uh, just today gave out a free entry to a Thanksgiving football contest. So oh. if you're a football fan, um, probably get that bonus offer too. So you can get two, count them two. That's great. I'm gonna entries. I'm gonna I'm gonna get up on that. Um, and since they are sponsoring us, and we appreciate that, and our fans and our listeners are using the promo code boxes to sign up for that, let's actually talk about fantasy basketball. What do you think about that? Uh, if we have to. So the breaking news this evening is that um, <clears throat> we kind of, in the last episode, did talk about this a little bit, but uh, we were a bit misinformed. The injury to Paul Millsap, his left wrist, is uh, a little bit more severe than uh, previously, I guess, suspected. And uh, Paul Millsap... Looks like he might be out for three months after un, uh, undergoing surgery on his left wrist. That is a huge blow to the Denver Nuggets. That is a huge blow to people who own Paul Millsap. What do you think we should do with this? I think last in the last episode we talked about the fact that he might miss a couple games and there's nothing really to, to worry about, but this is a whole different situation. How do you approach something like this, Tyler? Yeah, Woj treated, tweeted today three months, so that means probably not coming back till February. 
Man, that's that's a tough hold if you don't have an IR spot. I think yeah, I, I would probably in a head-to-head league, um, without some like very aggressive games limits, I would probably cut Paul Millsap. I mean, Paul Millsap's probably barely a top fifty player now, and waiting three months on a top fifty player is not something I want to be part of if there's no games limit in the head-to-head league. Yeah, I think if you're in. <clears throat> I would say just a regular size, like a standard league. Three months is um, the difference between making the, in the next three months is the difference between making the playoffs and not. And, you know, if you're a team that uh, isn't too worried about making the playoffs right now, maybe you can hold on to them if you don't have an IR spot. I, I, I don't think I would suggest it though. I think I'm with you on the fact that if you don't have an IR spot, you got to drop them. If you, uh, your IR spots are full, I think I'd rather keep Paul Millsap than someone like Jabari Parker. Um, I, I know there were some reports out there that Jabari Parker might be coming back a little sooner, but uh, all timelines still that I've seen point to Jabari Parker coming back in February. I, I read an article on Jabari Parker just about two days ago, I'll say. And they basically said he's doing everything in practice, like doing his normal running and cutting and all that stuff. But they're going to stick with their original timetable because they don't think he should be as healthy as he is right now. So they're going to keep him out till February, even though they claim he can already run and cut at full speed and like do a lot of things he needs to do. Well, I think it would be pretty stupid for them to try to bring him back in November or early December when all recoveries for a torn ACL point to a February return. If he continues to look healthy and continues to be able to cut and run at the at, at game speed, gets into contact, gets into practice, um, you might see an earlier return, maybe mid-January instead of mid-February. It wouldn't be crazy to see a month cut off of that. Yeah, no. Um, it'd be interesting to see if that's just all uh, crap talk or if it's real or, or what goes on in that situation, but I would not expect it before 2018. Why risk it though? If you're the Timberwolves, why risk uh, bringing back your 22 uh, year old, you know, and Timberwolves, why am I always getting Wiggins and Parker mixed up? So I have some sort of uh, brain function that uh, that I, I thought think Jabari just... Parker and Wiggins. I had another stroke during the during the podcast. In your time warp, I thought maybe that draft just went a little bit different for you. It should have. Um, no, the Bucks, uh, the Bucks aren't hurting right now to get someone back, right? And he's 22 years old. Why bring him back early? Why so... mess my Why mess with the rotation even? The real question from this Paul Millsap injury is, is your boy a starter finally? I mean, he's been telling us since the preseason oh. he's a starter. This, this is not my boy. This is your boy, uh, Kenny, Kenny Fareed, who did get a start, like I said, last night. Um, he's not worth owning. And we, we kind of went over this, but a, a month is a whole different subject. So I think one of these players is going to emerge as um, I guess the, the, the forerunner in boosted minutes or boosted, I guess, value. Would you look at someone like Wilson Chandler? That's the guy I want. No doubt about it. Um, I think he's the guy who's on, who would actually be on your waiver wire, who I think sneaks into that forward role and they maybe play a little smaller. Yeah. And he's already playing 30 minutes Yeah, tonight. You got to think he gets more shot attempts now. Um, and he's just been a little bit cold from the field and not getting very many shots up. Yeah. I think he gets a few more with Millsap out. And I mean, there's no defensive stats, which you don't love, but he's a standard league viable player. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm also still pushing towards the uh, Will Barton route. I think his minutes go up as well. Uh, perhaps even Jamal Murray's minutes go up. There's a lot of people clamoring for the um, reemergence of Juan Hernan Gomez. Um, not so many people clamoring for the re- the return of uh, Kenny Fareed to that starting lineup. If you're if you're a Denver fan, how tired are you? of Kenneth Fareed. 
Kenneth Reed, man, what a guy. Like you've I think he's been there his entire career, right? Yeah. And like how long has he been in the league? A relative long time, no. I mean, what would you guess? I'll look it up. What, what would you guess? My guess would be nine years. I think it's eight, eight, seven. I think it's seven. Two thousand eleven draft. I'm trying to think about this. Feels like he's been around. Two thousand literally, draft. literally forever. I'll go with that. Two thousand eleven draft. Well, he um, went to the University of Moorhead State. And he has been, he's 20 years old, and he's been in the league since the 2011 season at age 22. He was an old, see, that's, that was misleading. I knew he, how old he was, um, but he didn't come out until after his senior year. So I'm pretty good at the draft class thing. That's kind of my, my, my foray in, in this. Yeah, you, you do follow the draft classes pretty hard. And uh, I, I for some reason, I can get height and... Uh, age within like a, you know like a give me a, a plus minus a one one inch one year I'm pretty pretty decent at it I don't know why that sticks because it's completely useless information a lot of two k playing I, I believe where's that comes from but um yeah there's a few people trying to say uh, Juan Hernan Gomez is the is the pickup here and I, I I disagree we talked about this last time there's now just going to be a, a sharing of responsibility between Kenneth Reed, Juan Hernan Gomez and, and Mason Plumley, And they're all going to get a handful of minutes more, but not enough to make them standard league relevant. I think Trey Lyles could sneak in there and steal a few minutes too, and, and just further muddy the water. Yeah, definitely. If you, let's just uh, play a little hypothetical situation. If you could give 30 full minutes, to any of those bigs on the Denver Nuggets, which one would you want to do? Would give to it the most because they would have the most value in thirty minutes per game. Um, if we're talking fantasy value, it'd be Mason Plumley. If we're talking real life value, that pairing of Plumley and Jokic just does not work well. Um, so it might be Wancho Hernan Gomez. I just kind of think he's young and we don't really know what he is yet, and it would be interesting to see kind of where that shakes out. Um, I think they're going to go small and play Wilson Chandler, though, and they're just not really going to care that much. I I like that take. Um, I, did, I guess I did not specify whether I wanted it in real life or fantasy, uh, but that, you should be thinking about both of these things, and I, I like that approach. Um, when you see an injury like this, you should be thinking both, hey, who's going to replace this guy? And who would have the most fancy value? So who with a, with that thirty minutes would bring me the most value if they were if they were on my fantasy team? But you also need to be thinking, who's actually going to play? Who would in the when you were watching an NBA game, and when the coach is like, "All right, we need to put someone in here," who would make most sense for him to play thirty minutes? Because that's where you're going to get the mix. If they're going to play the guy who has no fantasy value 30 minutes, even in 30 minutes, well, then you don't want to pick him up. Well, yeah, Dante but, Cunningham, right? Starting from yeah. the Pelicans. It's like, uh, um, Nobody no. cares. Nobody cares about that guy. Yeah, even in like a 20-team league, like it's hard. It's hard to find him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I don't. I think I'll, I'll just leave him on the waiver. He's going to play 30 minutes tonight. I don't care at all. Like, it's amazing how many players in 14 minutes are doing more than that guy. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's improbable, incredible in, in everything. So, you know, let's, let's pour one out for everybody who owned Paul Millsap. Uh, I did own Paul Millsap in a couple leagues and uh, I'm definitely going to pour one out this weekend over the Thanksgiving break for Paul Millsap. Hopefully uh, he will have a speedy recovery to that left wrist. Let's um let's move on to the game that is um, currently going on tonight. Let's just talk about these teams because this game is still in progress and it is so it is a sad showing between the Chicago Bulls and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Bulls are actually winning this game, which I am not watching because I do not want to see one Bulls win this season. I do not want to witness that. Ah, oh, come on, Mike. No. No. Everyone wants to see a Bulls win. I'm out. Nobody wants to see a Bulls win. We got a tank. We got to get that tank in full effect. And 
Um, kind of diverting real quick. Speaking of tanking and the draft coming up, just a little, uh, you know, br- other breaking news out there. Michael Porter out for the rest of the season. I know he is not in the NBA, so you probably don't care too much. But um, this guy could have been possibly the first overall pick in the draft. Uh, was almost slated as a guaranteed top three player in the draft. And it just sounds like he – do you know what the actual injury was? Yeah, spinal injury. He's going to go a microdiscectomy, which I'm pretty sure is the thing Peyton Manning had if you're a football fan. Oh, that sounds uh, real bad. That really messed up his neck. And um, yeah, I don't really know of any basketball player that I can remember having it, but um, it does not look good. That doesn't look good for like his future. Yeah, no, I think that's going to hurt his draft stock a little bit. And um, Jeff Goodman from ESPN reported that as long as everything with his back checks out, he will like remain a top five selection. But I, I read about this a lot in my last mock draft I did, that there's a lot of those guys in that top five who, for the first time in a few years, it seems like the pick is really up for grabs at this point. You got Luka Doncic. Uh, Bagley from Duke, and I think this probably drops Porter down to probably the third or fourth pick at least. Yeah, it might even. I mean, some of those guys are playing their way into that um, top five, so it might it might even drop him out of that top five uh, just due to the fact that maybe people don't want to go near him with that with that injury. But um, this is really only something to pay attention to in dynasty and, leagues and in the off season, the upcoming off season for your rookie drafts. Here's another thing that it also no point guard has really shown themselves to be kind of a top five pick yet. And we all know that every team wants to pick those point guards early. So guys like Trey Duval and Colin Sexton from Alabama could easily sneak into that top five, pushing Porter down even further. Man, I know one team that really probably could use a point guard, and that is the Chicago Bulls who are um, playing the Lakers. And you know what would be great? If we could get that Lakers pick. now. So uh, let's, I don't know how we would finagle that uh, finagle that away from the Lakers, but uh, perhaps. Well, they don't even have it this year, right? No, no. I think they have it if it's like a certain. No, no, they don't have it at all. Second, oh no, it is un it is unprotected. You're right. That's right. Uh, Boston gets it if it's like picks two to six, and Philly gets it otherwise. Mm, I'd have to look that up. Maybe they have their – maybe we get their next year pick and we can take – get Lou Aldang to come back to Chicago. That would be great. Oh, man. Oh, Sweet Lou? I'd go, I'd go see Sweet Lou play in Chicago. He's one of my favorite Bulls. He was one of my favorite players for a, a good few years there on Chicago. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the Bulls. Like we said, they got an interesting schedule. We kind of recommended uh, Chris Dunn and, and Denzel Valentine as pickups. And uh, Denzel Valentine is having himself – a really nice game tonight after uh, three quarters, 14, six rebounds, four assists, two steals. Is uh, is he iron or is this Bulls team still just a hot mess? I mean, I'm not really super into holding any of these Bulls players other than Robin Lopez in the sense that I don't trust Fred Hoiberg to keep the minutes Consistent. I mean, Markin and he's fine to own. I think he's going to get you some good rebounds and points. But Denzel Valentine, Chris Dunn, Justin Holiday, all starting tonight. They're probably more of my streamers in ten and twelve team standard leagues. I didn't. I did not hear you mention, um, legend, the legend, Larry Legend, legend. Larry Legend. Oh, I said Larry Markin's ownable and holdable. Yeah, he's he's definitely holdable. He's having a bad. I mean, Shooting they're, night tonight. Their but... two bigs are are, hold, are guys I would hold in standard leagues, and their two their three smalls are not so much. I'm yeah, I'm with you on on holiday because of the volume and because you can, if you don't care about percentages, like I said, and I, we talked about this a little last time. Cal uh, Kuzma is having himself a game tonight. Uh, Twenty one points, three assists, three rebounds, four three pointers. But uh, like one of the things you hate about him, no counting stats, and once again tonight. No counting stats. He may be one of the most overrated players in fantasy, in my opinion. Like, I I see people going bonkers for him, and, like, I've gotten a couple of trades that, like, 
say, I'm going to trade away Ricky Rubio and get Kyle Kuzma. And I'm like, you're crazy, man. Don't do that. That's a terrible move. Yeah, stop. Stop doing that. That's a bad idea. I mean, and and we, we, we trashed or whatever you want to say, Kyle Lowry, and we poured one out for him maybe being, you know, his days of being a top. 25 top 30 fantasy player being over and someone sent me that offer like it was kuzma and another kind of middling player and they were trading away kyle lowry to get the two and i'm like don't do that man yeah i i I really don't understand i think a lot of people struggle with um trading which is incredibly important part for to win a league like you i don't think anyone's ever won a league without changing their team um via a trade i mean maybe it's happened uh, i don't think anyone's ever won a, a league not changing the team at all but uh i definitely think you have well, to trade that's not true mike they have those draft and stash leagues or whatever draft and hold whatever they call them where you can't make any changes so i mean someone has yes okay stop playing in those leagues number one number two do whatever you want even if you want to play in those leagues, but I uh, stop playing in them. Um, but I, I, I think there's a, a huge, <sighs> I think everyone approaches trades differently. And first and foremost, I want to say, stop vetoing trades. Every single league needs to be set up with a, the commissioner has the veto power and only the commissioner and only collusion trades should be vetoed. Or possible cheating trades. If you see someone trading Spencer Dinwiddie for LeBron James, that even if the guy's like, I swear I want to do this. This is what I believe in is a good trade. That is fair to veto, but it should be it should be done via the commissioner who has ultimate power voting for vetoes. Hinders trading so much that people end up stop tra- stopping trading during the year. It's embarrassing. Yeah, if you don't trust your commissioner, find a new commissioner. I mean, that's kind of plain and simple. Yeah, that that's the real key right there. You should trust your commissioner to be, you know, more Adam Silver than David Stern. <laughs> I would say you should trust him not to hit that uh that Knicks place card during the Patrick Ewing draft, not to slam that thing against the side of the glass suspiciously before the cards are picked out. Hmm. Wonder, wonder, wonder what that was about. That video, I think it's still out there. Everybody go look up Patrick I, Ewing. It, draft. Here's how I video. know it's still out there. I wrote an article about like uh, conspiracy theories about the draft lottery back when the last draft lottery happened. And it features the video. Of, oh, brilliant. Uh, of that and plenty of other conspiracies too, like the LeBron James one. And um, there's like seven or eight. Conspiracies. That's a conspiracy. De- you know what? Derek Rose feels like a conspiracy. We, that one we was were, in there, but we kind were of like, like an honorable mention. We had like a 2% chance of getting the first overall pick. And, uh, you know, it worked and it was glorious there for about, <sighs> for not long enough. I don't even want to talk about it, but um, let's, let's talk about trading and trading strategies since we are uh, on the subject and it's a, a bit of a slow fantasy night. How do you like to, I guess, evaluate your team? And how do you like to approach, approach trades within, I guess those are heavy questions. So let's start with how do you like to evaluate your team before a trade? All right. So, I mean, honestly, it always depends on what kind of league it is. Um, but an easy way to evaluate your team, right, is – I mean, all the sites offer those roto kind of standings look, even if it's not a roto league. And you can look and, and see where you're at kind of in each category is in the season in aggregate. Now, here's where you can't get confused by those numbers, right? If you've got a player, say Nick Batum, who's missed all but the last, what, like four or five games, um, obviously those numbers are going to change a lot with Nick Batum's numbers now being counted. But you can get a kind of a good gauge of, oh, I'm second in points, um, third in assist, um, sixth in rebounds, and that's a category I'm trying to win every week. Well, then obviously you need to make a trade for someone who's going to get you more rebounds. But you also have to be cognizant of what you're giving away in that trade too. 
Yeah, you. It's this is gonna sound real stupid. Um, believe it or not, I'm gonna say something real stupid. Value matters, and man, isn't isn't that freaking obvious? But it's it's the most important part of of evaluating uh, trades, sending trades, etc. What is valuable to you is not what is valuable to other people. Often, this people fall really, really, really easily into this trap. They look at their team and they overvalue their players. There's a certain franchise uh, near Lake Michigan that overvalues their players. Don't be like them. You, Everyone should be expendable on your team. Every single player, including Giannis, including Anthony Davis, including DeMarcus Cousins, including LeBron James, everyone should be expendable. you got to be ruthless. But you should you need to know what is more valuable to your team and what is more valuable to other people's teams just by looking at their roster. And that's not an easy task. So when you look at a a, a player's roster, so it's gonna depend, and this is really hard to talk about without giving specific examples. So if you're very strong in, in, in big stats, you got a lot of good centers, right? You have so many centers that sometimes you're you're just stacking your utility full of centers and you, you can't actually play all your players, you probably got too many centers, right? So this is very simple. Go look for the guys who need blocks, rebounds, who don't have good centers. And theoretically, your middle center or your your, your bad center should be somewhat valuable to that person. And they would those would be good trade partners. That sounds pretty simple. But uh, it gets more complex after every single step after that. Uh, no doubt. You can also win a trade and, and lose it in the standings. Um, you can get the better overall value and not be the better value for your team. Yeah. If, and this actually, I think, is, applies a little bit to, to more Roto Leagues, is that it can look like you lose a trade, but you're, you're actually winning it because – you're you're giving away players that you don't actually need. If you have great point guards and you also have some good point guards on your bench, well, you don't need to hog all the all the damn point guards in the league. You can run up some of your stats, right? If you want to run up some assists via your utility and and some of the steals that some of those point guards get, um, it's probably a good idea, right? And I, I like to take that approach in, in roto leagues. If I have a strong uh, bench or a strong position, I'll run up the I'll run up those points. I'll run up the starts in that roto league, and I will um, get up in games. I'll get up in uh, those stats because quality starts are quality starts. And eventually, someone is going to look down at their team, look down at their standing, and go, "Man, I suck at assists. I really probably should do something about that." And in the first couple of weeks, no one no one's really able to evaluate their team correctly because of the small sample size. And even then people should know if they have bad point guards, but right now is a, is a great time to start saying, Hey man, I noticed that you're, you're low in assists. I got a, I got this guard. I got that guard and open up that dialogue. And and to me, that's the most difficult part is opening up the dialogue. Uh, how do you approach opening up a dialogue with people in, in trades, especially in maybe leagues where you don't know everybody or it might be even a public league? Um, well, I mean, I think you just kind of approach them and say, hey, I'm interested in this player or this player, this player, and this player. Um, I was wondering who you're interested in on my team. I don't like to start off with an offer um, right off the bat. And it's all because I want to get an idea of how the other person is valuing players. I mean, we talk about this a lot, right? We can both look at the same player and value that player very differently. So I like to start off by just saying, Hey man, take a look at my roster. Who do you like? Maybe he's a huge fan of someone you're on your roster. You're not a huge fan of. And that's where, you know, you can make a trade you feel really, really good about. Yeah. I think the for me, the best approach is to be very logical about it. Right. Um, there's gotta be some salesmanship. There's always, there's always going to be salesmanship. This is a, you're, you're, you're trying to win a trade, even uh, no matter how you're, how you're looking at it. But 
opening up that dialogue, seeing how they value players is, is definitely a great step. If you, if you don't really have an ability to contact someone in your league, um, I will submit a trade that I would 100% love for it to happen. And usually some people might consider that an insult. I consider it a, a dialogue that, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in, in this player. I'm, I don't, put the worst player on my team for the best player on their team to be like, Hey, I'm interested in trading, but I'll, I'll, I'll pick a player that I'm targeting and I'll pick a player that I think they might like, but is not enough. And if they accept it, great. If I, I if I miss viewed that they would value, uh, not value my player and they really do. And I got the hell, a hell of a deal on this trade. That's fantastic. But um, that's a usually a good way to open a dialogue by sending a not great trade uh, to begin and, and, and just be like, hey, counter, counter this trade. What do you think? Yeah, I'll send that a lot too, right? If I'm, if I'm the first one sending an offer, I'll say, feel free to accept or make me a counter offer, right? Like, I mean, we got to start somewhere. We got to start the dialogue at some point. Yeah. And... You should always be, I think you should always be looking to improve your team, no matter what period of the time of the year, no matter if you're in first or last. Uh, th- those, especially right now, you know, the, wherever you're at in the standings, that will not last unless you're consistently playing the waivers and constantly trying to find value where it's not. Um, and and like I said, it's, value is the whole important part of this. So right now you're seeing someone like Brooke Lopez, I think, be quite undervalued, but also his value is is dropping. And I think a lot of people are aware of that. So if you want to unload a a, a Daniello Gallinari for uh, for a Brooke Lopez. That actually might not be that bad of a trade because Dan- Daniello doesn't seem like he's ever uh, he's going to come back. And I, I've said he might be good for a month, month and a half, right? But Brook Lopez is going to be consistently fine, standardly relevant, probably for the rest of the year. And you're just going to get more starts out of him. And that depends on if you really need a center. I think that's a really that's that's a pretty good move for someone like that. You got to you got to look at that value. But most importantly, you got to know how that person is valuing their own players. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I, I made up a short list of players I'm, I'm trying to acquire here, and, and we can talk about that if you yeah, want. Yeah, let's let's talk about some of them, and maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll send you some bad trades. But here's also the thing, too, right? Uh, the first player on my list, and I, I started with kind of the big names. Well, we can start with the those small names, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, but if if I start with the big names, the first player on my list is Russell Westbrook. And I'm not stupid. I know I'm going to have to give you a lot for Russell Westbrook. But I also think there's people out there who are frustrated with Westbrook that he's not the triple-double man, the MVP from last season, right? He's adjusting to that new situation. And I think you can get Russell Westbrook for the largest relative discount you're going to be able to get him at all season. Yeah, I, th- I think he is as cheap as he is. his value is going to be. And you're right. So there's you almost can categorize these things, right? This is a superstar player playing poorly, shooting poorly, really not overall. His stats are still fine, but he's shooting really poorly from both the line and from the field. And someone who spent maybe the second pick, third pick on this guy, because you know, they thought he was going to be the same thing he was last year or better. Is is probably disappointed in in that pick, especially if they're looking at player raters and they're looking at rankings, right? In a yeah, in a roto league and a head to head league, in, in both of these leagues, right? In roto league, you're probably even more upset. But I, I got Russ, uh, Russ in a in a roto league, and I'm not I'm not that upset. Now, I know for a fact that. Westbrook, I, I drafted him knowing his field goal percentage is what it is. His free throw has been incredibly dis- disappointing. But I, I don't see a world where that's going to continue for an entire season. And so I'm not about to move Russell Westbrook for Evan Fournier. All these, so that's, that's a usually a, a common tactic is someone trying to trade you for a guy who's ranked in the top 20 who has no business being ranked in the top 20. 
And you got to be able to identify. Obviously, it makes no sense for Evan Fournier and Russell Westbrook to to be in a trade for one for one. That should be super obvious to even people who are tired of looking at Russell Westbrook shoot, you know, five for eleven from the from the line. You have to be able to convince that person they're getting a good deal and throwing out a, a, a bogus name like. Fournier, even though he is playing well, just isn't going to get it done with a player who was taken in the first round. I'm with you there, but could I trade Nikola Jokic straight up for Russell Westbrook at this point? Um, Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to, though. I mean, I definitely want Westbrook the rest of the way. I think Westbrook's the better player there. And, I mean, I'm going to stick a lot with my, my kind of draft day thoughts. I mean, in some cases it's changed, but not for these top 10 players. And I had Russ well over Jokic and on you know on draft night, and I'm gonna stick with that. And so, I'm a, and, I'm a, I'm a little hesitant to move. And obviously, this always depends on your on your on your makeup, right? I'd be a little hesitant to move someone of that caliber for Westbrook, but that would get the deal done. That's what I mean. Um, I'd love to do something like Joel Embiid and. I mean, insert a kind of top 50-ish point guard in there. I mean, I think yeah. that, that gets the deal done. And I don't feel great about Joel Embiid's health. We've talked about that a ton. And, okay, maybe I'm giving up someone like, hmm. I would, I would say Alfred Payton, but he's he's also on my list, right? He's been pretty bad, so people might be kind of still undervaluing him. Um, let me think of the perfect man. Drew Holiday. If I could trade Drew Holiday and Joel Embiid for Russell Westbrook, I would love to do that. And I think that's a deal you might be able to get done. Um, that's not bad. I, I kind of like that. I, I wouldn't mind even moving. Like, I think this is possible, right? So, like, obviously, Evan Fournier, who people are going to say, all right, get out of, get on my face, right? But someone who's frustrated with uh, Westbrook might look down and go, man, you know what? I just need a, a guard. I need a guard who is playing well, who is really good. And they might look down and be like, all right, um, Kimba Walker for Westbrook. And they might just go, you know what? Kimba Walker is actually shooting well from the line. I'm in last place and feel free throw and I keep losing it every week or something like that. Someone might make that trade. That's not an insulting trade. I wouldn't make that trade. But that's yeah, not an insulting especially trade. If you, add, if you add another little piece to it, like yeah. an Evan Fournier or something, right? Like Kemba and Evan Fournier for Russ Westbrook. Some guys might be interested in that. Like, ah, you know what? I, I could do that. I could see myself doing that. And and that's not a trade I would make, but I would love to have Westbrook if I can get him for that kind of price. And here's also what I'm saying with this list. I'm not saying trade Russell. You know, if you have Steph Curry, trade him for Russell Westbrook. I'm not saying buy at 100% of the value you paid on draft day. I'm saying try to buy him low. Yeah, it's buy low, sell high. It's if you want to make it simple, it's buy low, sell high. But that doesn't mean offer your worst player for someone else's best player, or even someone like Westbrook, who you could probably offer a, a, a very good player for him and make a, a straight up trade. And you have to understand what the value is. So you know, if that if the player who has Westbrook doesn't have a very good center. Maybe you, you, you put in a, a, center, a decent, like a, a good center, and you throw in one of your point guards because Westbrook's going to come in and replace one of your point guards. So why not throw your second best point guard and your best center or reverse that order, right, depending on how bad um, those players are. And now you're looking at a nice two-for-one. And when you look at a two-for-one, I, I you never look at a two-for-one as um, – you're getting one player back for two people because that's not what's actually going to happen. You're going to pick someone up off the waiver wire. So, and, and also that team is going to have to drop someone. That's, that's also a a nice little catch in the, in the uh, deal when you, when you do a two for one. So like approach it that way. If that team's pretty stacked, a lot of times I'll offer a two for two and take their worst player. Like yeah. if their worst player is so better than anything else, like I think I can get on the waiver wire, I'll put their worst player in there. So that way I know I get that player and I don't have to fight for him on the waivers. 
yeah, that is um, exactly what you should be doing. Like, look, if you got if that team's got a deep team, just say, hey, man, I'll take your worst player, whatever. Send him to my way, because they're going to have to drop that guy anyway. No doubt. Um, so the next guy on my list is another point guard, and it's it's basically just this kind of the same story, so we don't have to talk too much about it. Um, it's John Wall. He's really just not shooting well from the free throw line and the field, and the steals are way down com- by comparison to where they've been in the past. He's also got the sore knee thing now. Um, he played in the last game, but people might be a little scared off by that. I think you might be able to acquire John Wall for a third or fourth round pick straight up, and I think that's a deal I'd definitely make. Um, I'm looking at guys like DeMar DeRozan, uh, CJ McCollum. I'd offer those guys straight up for John Wall, and if I can make that deal, I'd be pretty stoked. Yeah, and something I want to throw in there is I think you've made a really good um, pick up there, right, is that DeMar DeRozan, who is a fantastic free throw shooter when it, when it comes to volume, is always someone who I think is a little underrated if if you care about Roto and you care about all nine categories. So if this, if this person is really concerned about their free throw percentage with either Westbrook or John Wall, DeMar DeRozan is a, a really valuable player to them. So let's let's look at this on the reverse side, right? If you were moving Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan is, is definitely a guy who, while um, ranked much lower, is still going to score as much as, as those players and is going to completely 180 the the look and feel of that category of free throw, which you are probably struggling in. And that's why in Roto, I think, uh, that's why I like playing Roto a lot more is because the rankings don't actually, like, if you had the, the best, you know, if you had four out of the top 10 players, right, you'd probably be still a, a pretty damn good team. But that doesn't mean you're winning. If all of those guys are guards or all of those guys are centers, someone who has a, a well-balanced team is going to beat you. And that might sound crazy, but I've, it's, it's happened. I've seen it happen. And DeMar DeRozan is much more valuable in a Roto League simply because of the way he can change a ranking in a, in a free throw percentage category. Well, and it's just simple math, right? In Roto League, right? If you're six, if you get six points in in every category, okay? So if it's a two-category league, we'll look at it in just really simple terms. If I get 10 points, but then I finish dead last and get one point, 10 and one is 11. Two sixes are 12. So I'm behind you. So you, that's why you really can't punt in a Roto League. Yeah, it's incredibly straightforward. And... It gets a little bit more complex. Like the more the more teams you have, obviously, when you're playing in a proper nine category league, because we are playing with turnovers. Everybody, this, the turnovers should count. Well, and, and once you get to like a fifteen team league or a sixteen team, you know, you you almost have to punt something. Yeah, in a Roto. I think there's, there's not enough players to go around. But you don't necessarily want to be dead last in that category either. Like you still want to get two or three or four points. Yeah, there is nothing wrong with not maybe not being, you know, in the top half of a category or two, but you really, really, the only way you should be last in a category is if you're guaranteeing yourself to be the top in one category and also that you're going to be in the top three of another category. That's the, really the only way to make that up. I'm with you there. So who who are some of the other players that you've been uh, targeting in in some of your trades? Um, so you want me to just run through the list and then I'll let you pick a couple we can talk about. How yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, so the list consists of other than Russell Westbrook and John Wall, Jimmy Butler, Ricky Rubio, uh, Mister Nusif Nurkic, who I know you're a big fan of. I do um, like him. Dennis Smith Jr., Alfred Payton, and Jamal Murray. They're kind of the let's see, eight nine men I'm targeting right now. So let's. This might be a little uh, of a strange approach, right? But let's talk about. I'd like to talk about why I would want someone like Jamal Murray or Alfred Payton. Actually, Alfred Payton. Let's go with Alfred Payton. I I think he's a little bit more interesting. So the reason I would want Alfred Payton, right, is obviously 
I'm lacking the things he is good at. Or I have a uh, maybe a too many of a certain player, whether it be forwards or centers, or even guards. And I can get away with moving, uh, rearranging my team to get another guard to strengthen the the assists that Alfred Payton, Payton brings. So even if I'm good at assists, if I can get better and improve my, my, my standing and or improve my chances of winning assists each week, it makes perfect sense to go after Alfred Payton. Now, if I'm if I'm dominating people in assists already, I'm not sure why why I would go after him. It doesn't make it too much sense to me. Oh, I'm with you there. I just think Payton's too. His numbers are are. I mean, he's he's gonna get more rebounds, I think, than what he's getting right now. Um, I think his field goal percentage probably ticks up a little bit. He's shooting a horrendous free throw percentage right now. That's definitely gonna improve. And I think he could also just kind of be in for that fourth year breakout a little bit once he gets healthy here and he gets his minutes up over 30. Um, I think there's a lot, a lot better things to come from old Alf. Yeah. I would not mind taking a chance on him and I would probably try to um, focus on, since he is kind of a mid tier player who could get better. I think moving, you know, someone who is uh, around a 70, like rank 70th, right. That would probably be a good place to start. I got a is, good one for you that I that yeah. I, I would I would do. Um, how about Mr. Eric Gordon? So I got Mr. Eric Gordon. I'm gonna ship him out, and I'm gonna try to acquire the Alf. So that is the almost the quintessential buy low, sell high move. You have Eric Gordon, who should be on the downswing now that Chris Paul is back. Um, Eric Gordon, who started out the year. I mean, I never, I haven't seen Eric Gordon play the way he played at the beginning of this season, like ever, like he was driving through people getting to the rim, like his, those first handful of games, he was destroying people. But as you've seen with the return of Chris ball, his minutes are down, uh, which we did uh, believe that they, they would be, uh, I didn't think they would be down enough to, for him to struggle too much. And I think he is kind of struggling a little bit here. Right. But I think that's a, a really good example of of getting rid of someone before their their value plummets. Now, if you can get away with that, go right ahead. But a lot of a lot of players, especially v- veteran players, see through see through that kind of strategy pretty quickly. I'm with you there, but also they're not getting much from Alfred Payton, and you might be able to sell them on the fact that. He's not really getting big minutes. I mean, he's he's played now four consecutive games, and he got 31 minutes one time, and the other ones have been 25. And you might be able to sell them on, well, maybe Alfred Payton really isn't going to play that many minutes this year. Yeah, that's that's definitely something uh, I think c- that can be done. Um, I'd almost look more towards someone like maybe a Tim Hardaway Jr., Someone who does some things but doesn't do anything special, mm-hmm. and you can oh, that'd move. be a great trade. He's 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 ranked well. He plays a lot of minutes. Alfred Payton doesn't, but Alfred Payton specializes in certain categories. Like you're going to get a, a, a direct boost in your assists, along with uh, your your steals. Uh, I would think as well. And you're moving a guy who you could probably replace uh, off the waiver wire at, at, at an 80% clip with Tim Hardaway. I'll back you on all that. And that's, those are the kind of trades that I think are sneakier. They, can, they sneak up on people where it's, it's something where you go, you, you have to stop and go. Oh, wait a minute. That's not, hmm, that's not that bad of a trade. When you do the obvious Fournier for Cousins, no one's even going to look your way. No, yeah. no one's going to look your way. They're like, okay, get out, get out of my face. When you do the the even more obvious, uh, I low so high of Eric Gordon, let's say for um, Dennis Schroeder or something like that. It's like, eh, no, no, thanks. I I know Eric Gordon's on the downswing. I know 
you're trying to sell high on him. I'm not going to give you any value back for that. But this is someone who's, you know, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. He's going to be a pretty medium, like middle of the road player. And Alfred Payton could be a medium middle of the road player as well. But Alfred Payton helps you directly while Tim Hardaway doesn't. And those are the trades that I think often pique people's interest because they're not a obvi- a blatant buy low, sell high situation. I'm with you there. Let's do one. Let's do one more. Who do you want to do? Uh, I made the list. You tell me who you want to talk about. Oh, I, I'd prefer if you did all the work, Tyler. That would be that'd be the best thing for me. Um, let's see. Who who? Let's see. L- list me that list real quick again. Um, uh, Jimmy Butler, Ricky Rubio, uh, Nurkic, Dennis Smith Jr. Jamal let's do Nurkic. You know how I like Nurkic. Let's do Nurkic because I think he's kind of interesting. Um, struggling obviously. That's why he is a buy low type of guy. But also some question marks, right? Like Jimmy Butler. I don't. No one's questioning that. Like, oh, is is Jimmy Butler going to play back up to, he's going to be fine. Everybody chill out. But Nurkic on the other hand, hasn't proved himself like Jimmy Butler has. And yeah, Nurkic is, is kind of an interesting case in the sense that he's shooting play from the field, but he's shooting a pretty good free throw percentage. Um, the rebounds are down. The minutes are down. The assists are way down. The steals and blocks are down. I mean, he's just down everywhere. Possible. Yeah. It's, it's very strange, but it also, I think kind of harkens back to the beginning of the, the the season where Jokic and Nurkic were sharing minutes and no one was really playing. And every once in a while, Nurkic would play and then Jokic would play. And everybody was like, what's going on here? Like w- w- both of these guys look kind of good. Jokic is supposed to be great. And you're just toying around with these minutes. You're toying around with us. And I wonder if, if some of that slumping is, is occurring right now with, with Nurkic as well in Portland. A lot of it comes down to they've played a few blowout games that have limited his minutes. Um, and obviously we're still talking about small sample sizes a lot here. And the fouls. I mean, he like that was one of my big worries in the preseason was he just fouls too much. And, and you kept saying, oh, he's definitely going to get over 30 minutes. And, and I disagreed with you there. And really the only reason I disagreed was the man just can't stop fouling. Yeah, if he could stay on the court, um, I think he would be over 30 minutes. I think they want to play him 30 minutes, right? Uh, I, I just don't think he's he's been able to stay on the court that much. I think you see, you do see uh, a couple games where when he's playing well and he's not fouling, you know, he is he's reaching that thirty minute mark uh, more consistently than some of these games where he has big foul numbers that would limit his minutes, especially earlier in the games. I think a lot of people are, are disappointed in him. What kind of um, – like, why would you be targeting Nurkic? Obviously, you need some center stats, right? But um, in what like in what way would you try to approach someone who has Nurkic and you want him? Like, what would be your, your best angle? Well, and the greatness of Nurkic, too, is, right, he's going to give you steals and blocks, which you love. And he's going to give you some decent assist numbers. He's not going to give you the Hassan Whiteside zero in the assist category. Um, so it makes him really valuable and really fantasy friendly. And I think you can buy this guy for real cheap. Um, I'll throw out a couple names that I'd be interested in. How about the Celtics' Jalen Brown? Do you think I could take Jalen oh, Brown and, and move it for old Nurkic? That is a, a very good, um, I think, a very good comparison. Uh, yeah. And this is kind of goes back to a little bit what we are talking about is that Jalen Brown, definitely a sexy name. Everybody's jumping on the Boston bandwagon right now. Jalen Brown, also someone who is a decent fantasy player, right? And I think you might get some some hesitation with Jalen Brown, but over the last week, he's been playing very well. So he's definitely a sell-high kind of guy. And he's scoring a lot. He's getting good rebounds and shooting a, a pretty good field goal percentage. So that, that field goal percentage definitely won't hold up. 
And on the reverse, right, you're getting more rebounds back. You're getting blocks back. You're getting more assists back. Like, Jalen Brown doesn't get, throw out assists at all. Like, so you're getting back value in certain categories that Jalen Brown doesn't even bother to provide. You're taking a bet that Nurkic's field goal percentage will go up, and you're taking a big hit in scoring. So th- it makes sense if you can take a big hit in scoring. Are you taking the big hit, though? I mean, I think Nurkic could average 15 points a game, and I think Jalen Brown is going to average – I mean, he's averaging 16 right now. I think his might actually go down to 15 a game. I think they might be similar scoring players, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I mean that whole Boston team is just really hot right now. Like, I don't know that some of those players are going to keep that up, Jalen Brown included. You know what? That's, I think that's a fairly good point. And I think even though Brown can stay on the court longer than Nurkic, right? Um, you're still you're still hoping you're you're still really got to hope that that field goal comes up, and with that field goal. When it comes up, the points will come up. I still think Jalen Brown probably averages a little bit more points than him, but you're not like you're saying. You're not taking. I, I, I guess I need to rephrase. You're not taking a huge hit in points. You're taking a, a hit in points, and you're probably going to take a little hit in turnovers as well. I would say, but overall, you're getting either equal or better return in most of your categories even though it does seem like those players would be around the same ranking. And in fact, if you look at it with Nurkic's struggles, you know, Jalen Brown is blowing Nurkic out of the water. Yeah. So I like that one. That's a, that's a pretty good one. That's um, that's like a, someone who's struggling so much that you're starting to worry about whether he's rosterable. Yeah, and that's the kind of guys you you want to prey on if you believe in that player. Yeah, those mm-hmm. are things you might, you can get for pretty cheap. And I, I know right now you're going to be like, well, I could get more for Jalen Brown. He's killing it right now. All right, well, give it a shot, buddy. Um, this trade I think would work. But if you're going to start trying to offer Jalen Brown for someone who's slumping even though they're like a top 40 player – that name reckon that's not going to work. If someone spent a, a, a top four, you know, one of the first four rounds, if someone drafted someone in the first four rounds, someone who came off the waiver wire probably isn't going to cut it unless it's a very special circumstance. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think that's probably it for tonight. We waxed on quite a bit about trading strategies. And if you have some trade questions or would like to give feedback on our trading strategies or would actually just like to hear more strategy talk, you know, if you, if this is more interesting to you than us talking about the latest uh, buy, sell, hold, tweet at us. We would really appreciate the feedback. Tyler, where can people tweet at you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at watsy 4444 And you can find me at Watch the Boxes, all one word. And if you guys are enjoying the show, please rate and review us. It really, really helps. Uh, no matter where you're downloading these podcasts from, if you can give us a, a five-star rating or whatever rating, I don't really care, but a rate and review us would be excellent. It really helps people find the podcast. Tell people in your league. Tell people you know who would be interested in this podcast. That also helps. And if you're thinking about joining a Daily Fantasy Join Draft.com. You're good at fantasy, obviously, because you're listening to this podcast. And since you're good at fantasy, you're going to be good at Draft.com. I, I, I actually – I'm not going to guarantee it. That's a bad idea. Uh, but I think you're going to be pretty good because we, we've been doing pretty well as well. Use the promo code BOXES when you sign up. And if you tweet a screenshot of you using the promo code BOXES, we will give you the rare opportunity to take money from us in a direct Draft.com head-to-head matchup good luck yeah good luck we're good we're good at draft.com you're you're in for trouble maybe that's why we haven't seen too many people tweeting us with the uh with a screenshot they're worried that we're going to take their money that's my guess yeah i get it you're scared listeners you're scared of losing your money to us and i get it uh but i bet you there's somebody out there who thinks they can they can one up us and they can take their money and what would be more satisfying than taking our money? We we will complain about it a lot on the podcast. I promise. 
I will. I know anyway. I will. Yeah. I know I would. For 100%. Uh, Tyler, you got anything else to plug? Uh, no, that's about it, man. All right. We will be back, even though there is a holiday coming up, and we hope everyone enjoys their upcoming holidays and their uh, upcoming break. We will still be doing a few podcasts this week to uh, knock out the, the crazy amount of games that are coming up on some of these days. Oh, no doubt about that. Enjoy enjoy the turkey, though. That, that's that's important. Yeah, eat too, mu- yeah. eat too much, take a few naps. It's, uh, it's always the best. It's one of my favorite holidays. I'm with you there. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We appreciate it, and have a good one.